0: Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you are sovereign, you are Lord, you reign in the affairs of men. Thank you for the privilege to come and to worship you. We give you thanks. Your word said, oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Declare his mighty deeds. We declare your mighty deeds and we give you thanks. We ask you to be glorified in the service today. Remember those who are watching us by the World Wide Web, we pray your presence would surround them also. We commit this service to you, O Lord, and we thank you for all that you do in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you welcome the worship team as they lead us in the presence of you? Good
1: morning, church. Good morning, church. Good morning, good morning choir. God is good, amen? The song says, forever God is faithful. Forever he is strong and forever he is with us. Do we believe that this morning? That we know that we can count on God to forever be there with us. We thank him for his faithfulness. Hallelujah. is That's Amen. some foreign god. That's not some man-made god, but that's Jehovah God, our God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As Pastor spoke about this morning, this song is so appropriate because it's talking about the importance of the Holy Spirit, and we just want to welcome Him this morning. Can we say, Holy Spirit, we welcome you? Holy Spirit, we welcome. You. Let's say that one more time. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome. You. Because it's only him that can make the change in our lives that need to be. Amen? Hallelujah. So this morning, we ask you to join with us as we welcome him. There's nothing worth more that would ever come close. No thing can compare to our living
2: hope. Your prayer
1: I've tasted and seen All the sweetest of love When my heart becomes free And my shame is
2: undone The presence, Lord And build the atmosphere.
3: Your glory,
2: God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence. Shame is all Up, blessings come down, amen, so we're going to worship him this morning. from the inside, from the inside of me. May you delight in the inside. The inside of me, set me on fire. From the inside, from the inside of me, cause all I want is for you, for you to be glorified, for you to be. You to be lifted high. Let praises, let praises let rise, rise from the inside, from the inside, from the inside me. May you. May From the, From the inside From the inside From the inside Of me, From me. Set me Set. In.
0: our heart. And as we go to prayer this morning, we want to remember that God truly loves us. He loves us forever, regardless. He loves us in a wretchedness when no one else would love us. thats That should be such an encouragement to us. Other people choose to love us when we are good, when we are nice, when they get what they want. But this God that we sang about, forever, he loves us regardless of what we are. And he invites us to be in a personal relationship with him. As we go to prayer, you may have a need. He reads the language of the heart. You could just say what it is, and he knows. And those who are watching us by the World Wide Web, we invite you to join us in prayer also. But I want to read you two verses of scripture that we base our prayers on. And that's in 1 John chapter 5. And verses 14 and 15 declare these words. Now, this is a confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. So we don't have to go doubting. All we have to do, Lord, help me to pray your will for my life today. And the word of God promises that when we pray according to his will, We know that we have the answer. Would you bow your heads with me? Let's join together as we go to our Father who bids us to come and to make our petitions known. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're the greatest, most awesome Father that there is. You're not only the sovereign God who rules the universe, but you're our Father who will put our trust in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. As we come today in your presence, we give you thanks that you have supplied all our needs in the past. You have rescued us from trouble. You have watched over us. We have cried to you and you have heard and many times we don't even remember to say thanks. But today we pause and we want to say thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Every morning we awaken to your love. It is you that give us the strength to breathe and to move and to even get around to get to our jobs. God, we give you thanks. And as we gather today, I ask you to look down from heaven and look at the heart of each one present and those who are watching us by the World Wide Web. You know the needs. You know the struggles. You know the pain that some are experiencing. Some have questions about you. Because they have prayed and they think you have not answered. And they have issues with you this morning. But Father, I'm so glad that you're bigger than all our questions. And you're so willing to answer. So in Jesus' name, may you meet every need today. Whatever it is, the emotional pains, the relational issues, the breakdowns in relationship, the illnesses that have come upon some. God, the financial needs, the errant child hear this morning and have mercy. The one who has been praying for the salvation of lost family members, we ask you to hear from heaven, oh God, and have mercy. Without you, we can do nothing. In you, we move and breathe and have our being. There's nothing without you, God. Our hope is in you. And we ask that in your mercy, you will hear and answer prayers today. Do good to each one present. Save the lost, heal the sick. Remember the sick brethren at home. Some are recovering from surgery. We ask you to remember them, Sister Ruby, that you would touch her eyes in a miraculous way. Oh God, Sister Paula, touch her, oh God, from her surgery. Jesus, remember others who are ill with other forms of illnesses. We ask you to touch them this morning. Some are watching and they're hoping and and they're waiting for your touch. May no one be disappointed. Lord, for the one who came here today, perhaps with just a pinch of hope that they would receive Jesus, may you meet them at the point of their need. Save souls, Lord. Save entire families today. May it be a new day in many households today. A new day because they've entered into a new relationship with Jesus Christ. So we ask you to bless each family here. Bless your servant who will bring the word. May the word connect with our heart and be mixed with faith. May it do good to us. May we not be the same after hearing the word of God. Father, we thank you that you will meet every need for you're not only able, but you're willing We bless your name, and we ask all these mercies in Jesus' name. And everyone agrees, and we say, amen. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Let's give the worship team a big hand. Thank you so much, musicians. I'm so glad that you came to the house of God today. And maybe for some of you, it's a different form of worship than what you are accustomed to. But if you read the word of God, there's a lot of joy and gladness in worshiping the Lord. And in some cases, we see uh, dancing, we see the tambourines, the drums, all forms of instruments, the scripture says. Glorify God with all of these, give him thanks. So we're glad that you chose to be here. We know some of you are here for a baby dedication. I want to let you know it will be done. It will be done after the preaching of the word of God. So sit tight and, you know, take in the word and be blessed. You are not forgotten. It will be done at that time. I'd like to, though, recognize those if you're visiting with us for the very first time. We have a specially prepared packet that these wonderful ushers would like to hand to you. So if it's your first visit here and these wonderful ladies are setting the tone, if you just pop up and these wonderful ladies are going (laughs) to hand you a packet, if it's your first time, don't be ashamed. We're not going to ask you to speak, and we're not going to solicit anything, so you can stand. And as soon as you receive the packet, you may be seated. Thank you, ladies. You're very precious. How about those in the middle? I know some of you are visiting for the first time. Don't be shy. We're not going to solicit anything from you. We're not that type of church. We just want to send you a note of thanks for worshiping with us today. So you don't have to be afraid. As soon as you get the packet, now is a great time to open it. There's a connection card there. We invite you to complete the card legibly. We're not going to solicit. Complete the card and um, when the offering is being received, you can deposit it in the offering bucket, amen? And those uh, who are visiting for the second time, you came before you were blessed and you came back again. Would you wave at me? They also have a connection card for you. Wonderful, she was really blessed. And what this card allows you to do is to ask questions about specific areas of ministry or if you'd like a call or you have a question you want to ask the pastor or something like that, you can complete this card. And when we're receiving the offering, you also will bring that and deposit it in the offering bucket. How about those who invited our first and second time guests? Would you stand and be recognized? All those who invited guests, would you give them a great big hand? Thank you so much for doing that. Amen. And the rest of us need to take a page from their book because a lot of, 95% thank of people who don't come forth. to church say they do not come because no one invited them. So we don't want to be guilty of not inviting, let's ask. And if they don't come, we did our job, amen? So let's give all our visitors, whether they're first or second time, a great big round of applause again. Thank you so much. For our first-time guest, we have a special welcome for you at the end of the service. We have a hospitality suite, and one of our hostesses will escort you there. If you so desire, you'll be refreshed before you leave. They won't hold you hostage. You can leave anytime. They just have some special refreshments for you for the first-time guest and those who invited them. I do have some special announcements, and oh, before I go on to the announcements, I'd like to also welcome in our midst today, I think I, I hope I'm saying it right, A1C Alex Wilkes from U.S. Air Force. Mr. Wilkes grew up right here in this church. Alex, it's so good to see you. I look at him and he turned big man. I had to go down to take a second look. Welcome. We pray for you guys every single week. And we're glad you're here. God bless you. And we hope you have a wonderful rest. If You're on vacation. Enjoy all the mangas and all the goodies before you go back. Amen. Alex was a Boy Scout here. Grew up in Sunday school and everything. So it's always good when they come back and serve in their country, our country, honorably. So we bless you and the other two brothers and cousins. Amen. Amen. Then for the announcements. Um, We hope you received a bulletin when you came in because many of them are on here. And I don't want to be repetitive, but some of them I do have to highlight. One that is not on there, I want to alert you to. Uh, Many of you know Sister Rose Cole. She's um, now worshiping with the new church plant, um, Bread of Life. And Sister Rose Cole is launching her book. Um, It's called Schoolyard Bully. And it's really relevant, very colorfully, well-written book, well-illustrated, um, and it's going to be done at Book and Books at Bal Harbor this coming Saturday, June 30th at 2 p.m. She would love to see you. It's a great gift for children. Uh, parents want to buy good books. It's good book to encourage your child. So it's a schoolyard bully, and it's, the launch is this Saturday at Book and Books at Bal Harbor, 2 p.m., amen? They'll have refreshment there too. Say to take a group and go on, and she'd love to see you. We also want to remind the parents of the youth crusade coming up right immediately following the camp. We always like to totally uh, sort of infuse a lot about uh, Christ and living righteously in our children. They've been wet at camp, and we want to saturate them and make them ready for the next school year and also living victoriously for Jesus. So on your bulletin, it's there, July 17th to the 20th. And we have our special speakers. Two of them should be very familiar with you. And the middle one, Brother Edgar, is going to be the youth camp speaker for senior camp. Then also today, for leaders in the church, leaders of the church who have not registered for the Global Leadership Summit, This is one of the world's finest leadership summit, and some of you can testify, you were here last year. It's put on by Willow Creek um, Church and it's by Satellite. We're one of those member groups allowed to show it. It's a private showing, so we can only have the members of the church, leaders. Today is the last day to register for the discount. Today, the last day, you pay $89. You have world-class leaders who are presenting After today, it goes up to $119, being good stewards of the kingdom of God. A word to the wise. If you're interested in attending today, make sure you register. You can uh, do so online. There's a special code or at the welcome table outside. You go to our website, www.lwobc.org, and you will see Global Leadership Summit. You click on it and just follow the prompt to get the discounted rate. Amen. But tonight, 6.30 p.m., in the dining area that's right here through this door where we have the couples class each Sunday, there will be a new members meet and greet. And let me tell you who this is targeting. This is for all the people who were received into membership. You came up here and you got the right hand of fellowship. You had completed the membership. Um, training, attending the classes, and you received. And those from January first, 2017 to the present, it's 6:30 to nine. And um, I'm sorry, not to nine, 6:30 p.m. I'm reading BBS, and we'll be meeting right in here in the dining room for meet and greet with the pastors and leaders. Amen. Sister Orlet, let's put our hand together and welcome the director of children's ministry. And she's going to tell us the next item below, new members meet and greet. If you have children ages three to eighth grade, you want to listen up. Thank you. Good
4: morning, church. Okay, Um, VBS Babylon. VBS is Vacation Bible School. And a lot of you went to Vacation Bible School if you're from the islands. We normally have it in the summer. So our one week of exciting, Bible-filled, fabulous vacation Bible school, VBS, starts tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. I'm sure all the parents and um, volunteers have already made the arrangements in their schedule. You have made the adjustments so that you can be here ready and wearing to go. We're in for a really exciting, fun-filled week. Um, I know that a lot of you have been praying for us, so we ask you to continue to pray that we have an accident-free week and also a week filled with unity. Um, finally, if you need to finalize any financial arrangements, <laughs> we will be over in the sanctuary, the children's sanctuary, the prayer center after service. So um, please see us. Also, we are still accepting your donations for the eight-ounce bottle of water, juices, and chips. You know, the kids love the chips and the juice. And it's summer. They'll be hot. So feel free to stop by and make your donations. Have
0: a great week, everybody. Bye. And that financial arrangement, AKA if you owe, <laughs> go pay. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's been so very politely British, but um, she needs you to pay if you owe for your children. Amen. Those packets cost a lot of money. And uh, she advanced it, so she's stuck if you don't pay. And the kids will be very disappointed because they want to be there. It is my pleasure to welcome to the podium the LWBC Adult Choir, led by our sister, Elticia Busan. You're in for a wonderful treat. Choir, it's on you right now. doesn't matter what is happening in our lives. We have the power of choice how we'll react. We can either decide we're going to be miserable and unhappy, or we give God thanks that our circumstance is not as bad as it could be. It's your choice today. I hope you will choose to sing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, choir. I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward. Today is our fourth Sunday. And we have a tradition in this church, we receive our offering Nigerian style. And there's a story behind that. But what you'll see some happy people dancing and bringing their offering as they do in Nigeria. They're very grateful that God has blessed them with something that they can give. So they celebrate giving. And so what we will do... The ushers will direct you. We'll start from the rear of the hall and they'll direct you to your left and you give your offering and go back on the opposite side. We're inviting everyone to come so there'll be no clog in the system. So whether you have an offering or not, we invite you to come and be joyful and give thanks. And then if you're a first or second time guest and you completed the connection card, would you bring it that time and then you can deposit it in the offering bucket. I'm going to invite our our Deaconess Claudette Mendez to ask God's blessing on you and on your gift.
4: Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just want to give you thanks, God, for your mercies, for your blessings. Lord, we thank you for your favors on us, God. And as we come this morning and bring into your house the tithes and offering, Lord, we pray that you will bless it. We pray, O God, that you'll give us a grateful heart, a thankful heart, that, O God, as we give, we know that we're giving back to you of your own because you have been so good to us. Bless us as we come. We pray for the the first-time visitors that, Lord, they will feel your presence today. And each one, as they come and give into your kingdom, we pray that it will be used for a blessing, O God, in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Ushers, please direct from the rear.
5: What
2: can I say unto the Lord? All I have to say is thank you, Lord. What can I say unto the Lord? All I have to say is thank you.
0: Those of you were are brave to do the dance, you got some cardiovascular workout. See, you got double blessing. And those of you sat there staring, you missed out. Amen. What a wonderful thing. You go to the parties and dance, why not in the house of God? It said worship him in the dance, worship him with music, worship him with singing. Come on now. That was holy jig, praise the Lord. Amen. I have one last announcement before our speaker for the day comes, and this is from the Consulate General of Jamaica. Every year on the first Sunday in August, there's an ecumenical service of Thanksgiving in celebration of Jamaica's um, independence. So this year will be the 56th anniversary of independence, and the service will be held August 5th, first Sunday in August, at 4 p.m. and it will be right across the road cooper city church of god and um the special guest speaker is no other than reverend carl francis so if for no other reason that's a great honor to be asked to speak at that gathering so we want to invite you to be there and support let's fill the place out tell your friends about it we hear about the bad things in jamaica but it's good thing we're giving thanks together. So let's get together. Amen? Put your hands together and welcome our senior pastor, Reverend Carl Francis, as he brings a real dynamic word. I was here at eight, and you're going to get it. Amen.
3: Well, praise the Lord. God is good. And all the time, turn to the person right and left, and you tell them you're in the right place at the right time. Amen. 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 We're not a sad people. We're not like the Pharisees or the Sadducees. The Pharisees was too far to see. And the Sadducees was too sad to see. We are a living word. Where the word is alive and well. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. And there is nothing like God's word. It is a living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. And we give him praise this morning. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to take change of position. Some of you didn't dance, so stand with me a moment. We're going to sing a chorus that we haven't sung for a long time. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let it rise. And it also says, let the healing of the Lord rise among us. If you need healing today, it can rise among, whether it's a spiritual, physical, financial, emotional, whatever type of healing, it can rise among you this morning. Amen? And so let the glory of the Lord rise among us. And then it says, let the joy of the Lord rise among us. And then we also sing, let the blessing of the Lord. Anybody want to be blessed today? Let the blessing of the Lord rise among us. Let's start with the glory of the Lord.
2: the praises of our King, rise above us. us, let, let it rise. rise, let the glory
3: The blessing Praise of the King, rise
2: among, among us, us, let it rise. Let, rise let the, blessings of the, the blessings of the Lord rise among rise us, and the blessings of the Lord rise among us, praises us. Let to and the King. praises of our King rise, rise, rise among us, let it rise. rise.
3: Joy of, of the Lord, Lord
2: rise,
3: rise among us. Let the joy of the Lord, oh yes,
2: rise among us. Let the praises of our King rise, rise among us. Let it rise. Let it rise. Rise. let it rise. Let it rise. Oh, 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 oh. Let it rise. Let it rise. We lift our voices and say, Oh, 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 oh. Let, let it rise. rise. Let the peace of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let, let the, the peace of, of the Lord. Praises, praises of, of our, our King rise, King. rise among, among us. Let it rise. Let the peace of the Lord, Lord. rise among us. Rise let among the, peace us. Of the, let Lord. the peace of the Lord rise among us.
3: Rise let, among the to let the praises
2: of
3: our King rise among, rise among us. us. Let it rise. Let it rise. This morning let the healing of the Lord Hallelujah let
5: the, the healing, healing of the
3: Lord rise among us healing, let the healing of the Lord rise among, rise us.
2: among, us. Rise among us let the praises, let the praises of, of our King rise among, rise,
3: us. rise among us let it rise there is
2: a balm in Gilead let, let the, the healing, healing of the Lord rise among, the, rise let among us let the healing the let Lord, the healing of the Lord and the praises, of, and our and our praises
3: of our King rise among, rise among rise us. Among
2: the us. The Let it rise, choir.
3: Your glory will rise among us. Your peace will rise among us. Your healing will rise among us. Your deliverance will rise among us. Your turnaround situation will rise among us. And most of all, let your glory rise among us. We thank you what you're about to do, God. Holy Spirit, we are dependent on you. We're relying on you. We're trusting in you. We look to you now. We acknowledge that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your Spirit. Lord, only you Holy Spirit can change hearts. Only you can change hearts. Only you can speak to us in the way that we should be spoken to. Only you can work in us like no one else can. So Holy Spirit, we turn over everything to you now. I submit my entire being to you. Take full and complete control. I am just an instrument in your hand for your use and for your glory. And we thank you that you will be glorified as your people are edified. And let the devil be terrified in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Hallelujah. There is nothing like being in the house of the Lord and the Lord stay with God's people. Amen, amen, amen. How many people today needs a change in your situation? Anybody need a change in your situation? Now, if you want to, I'm I'm going to give you one more chance because I'm going to tell God to look at the hands that are up. How many people need a change in their situation? Well, God, you see the hands that are up today. The hands that are up don't need any change, God. Remember, they don't need any change. (laughs) Hello? Hello? You don't need any change. That's okay. But some of us need changes. I need a change in mind. And some are desperate. Today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about changing your situation by activating the power. And we're going to talk about what kind of power that is and how do we do that. To do that, let's turn in our Bibles this morning because the only thing that can do that is the Word of God. Let's turn to John chapter 16, first of all. In the Gospel of John in the 16th chapter, we want to read from verse 5 to verse 15. John chapter 16, reading from the New King James Version. And I will also jump over after that to chapter 14 and read two verses. But we're starting in John chapter 16, 5 to 15. Let me begin at verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you. But you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he. He will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Then we go over to John chapter 14 and uh, we're going to read two verses there. Verse 25 and verse 26. John chapter 14, verse 25 and verse 26. These things I have spoken while being present with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. I want you for a moment to turn back to. Chapter, four, chapter 16 and let me emphasize the pronoun that you see there over and over again. I want to begin. And then I also want to highlight another verse. Look with me if you can. And I want to begin at verse 7. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. I want you to hold that phrase in your mind and understand. It is to your advantage that I go away. So I want you to say this with me. It It is to my advantage that Jesus... Go away. Now, that's a very powerful statement because if anything we want, if anything most people wish, is that they wish they were with Jesus. They wish that Jesus could just walk in here right now. They wish that, man, I wish I was there so that like the woman with the issue of blood, I could just reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Because when I read about all the people that, as, that, that they brought the sick from everywhere. And the Bible says as many as touched him, they were made whole. And so everybody looked and said, oh man, could he, I just wish I was there to touch him. And yet Jesus is saying to us this morning, it is to your advantage that I go away. How does that make sense? He tells us. Look at the verse. Let's continue. He says, for if I do not go away, here's a problem if I don't go away, the helper, can you say the helper? Oh, boy, there's a helper. I I mean, I don't know about you. you, you, Do you love help? Uh, In in the country that I came from, uh, we used to employ some people at the home that we would call the helper. You know, that was a term we used, the helper. Here in the Bible, says, Jesus says, if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. Now you and I want help, right? We want help. So if he doesn't go away, the helper won't come. So what do we, we want to say? Go, Jesus. <laughs> we need help, right? And if he doesn't go, the helper will not come. So we need to say, okay, Jesus. Go, bye-bye, bye-bye. You go, you go. Because he says it is to our advantage. Let's continue. We're going to read the scriptures, you know. But if I depart, he says, if I go, I will send to you. Right? The helper, if I go away, the helper, if I do not go, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. I want you to know this, it's a him to you. It's not, I will send it to you. Hello? I will send him. We're talking about, what, what are we talking about then when we say him? We're talking about a person. We're talking about a person. We're not talking about some force. We're talking about a person. I will send him to you. Let's continue. And he says, uh, and when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And he goes on to say why, why have sin. Let's jump down to verse 12. I still have many things to say to you, but cannot bear, you cannot bear it. now. you can't bear it. However, when he, he gives the same person another name. Now, he was called a helper up front. Here he's given another name. The spirit of what? Truth. The spirit of truth. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will what? Guide you into all truths. Don't you want to know the truth about things? Don't you want to know if somebody's telling you something, you know if the truth they're telling you? Don't you want to know when you get into a transaction to buy a house and somebody says it has no leak, there is no, nothing wrong with the house and everything is fine, don't you want to know if that is the truth? When you go to buy a car and somebody says to you, well, you know, this car runs well, there's no problem, we have no problem with it, 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 just, it doesn't, you know, it's wonderful, everything is fixed, we fix everything on it, it's, it's just we change some things, they're brand new, don't you want to know the truth? Well, the Bible says when he comes, he will lead us into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. In other words, he's going to tell you things that have not yet happened. Hello? Yeah. That's the helper. Helper who is also the spirit of truth, who is also the Holy Spirit. Now that I've laid some foundation because there's a lot of confusion about the Holy Spirit out there. There are denominations that teach that the Holy Spirit is a force. Denominations. They teach that the Holy Spirit is just a force. It's not a person. It's just a power force. You just heard Jesus. If Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as he, 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 him, who do you want to believe? I want to believe Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. And so the Bible says to us that when it is better for Jesus to go, because when he comes, it is going to be to our advantage. Now, you know, we talk about this morning, changing your situation by activating the power. And we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to understand that power is very important to people. People like power. Did you know that? People like power. You know, they may not want to admit that they like power, but leaders like power. In fact, the former White House counsel to President Nixon and now deceased Charles Colson, who was called Chuck Colson, was asked by someone, given the comparatively small salary and the heavy psychological weight of the presidency of the United States, why would anybody want to be president? You know that some of you in here may have make more than the president does. He has a lot of perks, but he doesn't get a lot of salary. A lot of perks. He has a lot, of, you know, he can get an Air Force One, he can, you know, he has a nobody he doesn't have to worry about his clothes, you know. Everybody picks out. In fact, he doesn't get to pick out what he wears generally. I don't know about Trump. He looked like he made Trump everything. But generally, presidents don't really get to pick what they wear. It depends on the occasion. Someone who knows certain, and say you need a blue tie for this situation and you need this and then somebody says we're going to need this color for that and they match what depends on what the occasion is. They pick it out ahead of time and have it ready for him and then he just has to put it on. That's typically what happens to presidents. But I don't know what happened in this White House. So, uh, But the point of the matter is that they ask why would anybody want to be president? You remember that Obama went in with black hair and he came out with what? White hair. I've never seen a president go in with black hair and come back out with black hair. Every president that I've seen goes in with black hair and comes out with white hair. That's a lot of stress. And so the question is, why do you want to be the president? They asked Chuck Colson, who was so close to the president why would anybody want to be a president? He didn't even think about it, he didn't even hesitate. He says one word: power. Because most of the presidents don't really take the presidents, it's not because they're looking at big salary. <laughs> you know, most people who get there already have a lot of money. One thing they desire is power. And one of the most striking illustrations of how power is important to men is when you lose it. How you react when you lose it really tell you how much power it is important to you. So listen, there's a story about Nixon when he lost. You know, he was impeached. You remember that? And so uh, there are these writers, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein. Sometimes you see them on, on TV. They wrote an op-ed, The Final Days of President Nixon's Reaction to his loss of power. And here's a quote. Between sobs, Nixon was plaintive. How had a simple burglary done all of this? He got down on his knees, he leaned over, and he struck his fist onto the carpet in the oval office crying, what have I done? What has happened? You think he was crying over the salary that he was losing? Oh, no. It was a lack of power. So power is important. But you know something that I learned? The Bible tells me in Psalm 62, 11, It says, God has spoken once. Twice have I heard this. Power belongs to God. That's where real power is. Real power belongs to God. The great British preacher, Charles Spurgeon, he says it this way. And let me quote him. If he delegates a portion of it to his creatures, yet it is still his power. The sun in the heavens, although it is like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion, like a champion rejoicing to run the course, as in Psalm 19, yet it has no power to move through the universe except as God directs it. The stars, although they travel in their orbits and no one can stop them, yet they have neither power nor force except that which God daily infuses into them. Can I tell you, power belongs to God. Now the question is, has God delegated some of that power to us? Well, let me let the word of God answer for itself. Without me telling you the answer, the answer is in the Bible. So let's go to the word. Let me quote the scripture for you. It is found in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Here's what it says. Know unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that what? Worketh in us. There is a power working in us. There's a power working in us. What might that power be? It is the power of the Holy Spirit. Turn to somebody and tell them you've got power. You've got power. Turn to two persons. Tell them you've got power. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you have power. Of all the gifts given to mankind by God, the presence of the Holy Spirit is one of the greatest gifts. Now, you know, you, you, I, I hope you'll appreciate that this morning. John F. Wolverd, who was a past president of Dallas Theological Seminary and a foremost theologian, here's what he says. I quote him, important as other considerations may be from the standpoint of doctrine and accurate interpretation of the scriptures, the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer has a priori place because it is directly related to every reality of the believer's experience. The believer's sanctification, spiritual understanding, assurance, service, prayer, worship, all spring from the work of the Spirit within. A proper understanding of the doctrine of the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer will do much to unlock the possibilities of spiritual blessing and usefulness. And it is accordingly the duty of those who teach and preach to give careful attention to its study and proclamation. Which is what I'm doing this morning. The Bible says he was saying. The theologian was saying. If you really get a grasp of the what the whole who the Holy Spirit is in the life of the believer, it will unlock the possibilities of spiritual blessing and usefulness. When you begin to understand, and I'm hoping that before the service is over today, you'll begin to grasp some of that. Now, the Scripture described the Holy Spirit as we said in personal terms, not as an impersonal force. The Bible says he teaches, he guides, he comforts, he intercedes. The Bible talks about he possesses emotion. The Bible says you may grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't care how I squeeze this mic and how hard I squeeze it, it cannot be grieved. It's a mic, it's a thing. But if I come down and get one of your hands and heart, holding it tight and squeezing it, you will be grieved. So the point of the matter is that only a person can be grieved. So if the Bible says you will grieve the Holy Spirit, it tells us that the Holy Spirit is a person. We know that the Holy Spirit spoke to Philip and gave counsel to the church of Jerusalem. We know that the Holy Spirit was sinned against and lied to. Peter talked to Ananias and Sapphira. And he says to them, they were talking to him. And he says, why have you lied? Not to me, but you have lied to the Holy Spirit. So it's a person. Peter says, you're lying to the Holy Spirit that's in me. The scriptures also attest to the deity of the Holy Spirit. He is spoken of God. He's spoken of as God and is identified with the title of Jehovah. And so the Christian who is indwelled by the Spirit, listen to this, is indwelt by God. Now I know you know that but I wanted to awaken something in you today. I want you to awaken something in you today, so I want you to say this with me. I have God in me. Now that's not an ordinary thing to say. And only those who have accepted Christ can say that. Because when you receive Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and he lives in you. When we talk about come into my heart, Lord Jesus, into my heart, come in today, come in to stay. What are we talking about? You know, not the physical big body of Jesus. We're talking about him coming in, in by his spirit. So he comes into my heart by his spirit. And he comes in today. And we sing come in to stay. He comes into our hearts. And so the Holy Spirit is a person that comes in and lives within us. And as a believer, we have a permanent resident in our heart, the Holy Spirit. Now let's talk about the power that he has. First of all, I want you to tell and understand that the Father has power. And how do we know that? The Bible tells us that in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Here's what it says. The worlds were framed by the word of God. When God wanted to create anything, remember I said, and God said, let there be light and what? Light. That's right. And everything God said, it came into being. He spoke and it came into being. The father had power and he spoke and things happened. The son also has power. Like his father, he's the creator of all things. In John chapter 1 and verse 3, it says, without him, nothing was made that was made. In Colossians 1, 17, it says, in him, all things are held together. So we know that Jesus has power. The father has power. Jesus has power. In the Trinity, can I tell you, the Holy Spirit also has power. And I want this morning to to tell you three ways in which the Holy Spirit power is active. And what does it mean to you and me when we activate his power in our lives? He is active. First of all, the first thing I want to tell you is that the Holy Spirit is active around us. When you look around you, can I tell you, you, without realizing it, you're seeing the activity of the Holy Spirit. Where do I get that from? The Word of God. How many people, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, some of you won't acknowledge it. Everybody's born on the clock. But some of you have been to the country, right? You've been out into the country. And out in the country, anybody remember the days when you didn't have electricity? Anybody remember that? And you had to walk in the night and there was a bright moon. And the moonshine gave you what? Light that you could see. Those bright light. And you could walk and see the road well because of the light. Well, guess what? Here's what the Bible says about the moon and the stars and the thing. Job 26, 13, it says, By his spirit, he has adorned the heavens and his hand has formed the crooked serpent. By his spirit. Did you know that the, 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 the sun and the moon and the stars were created by the spirit of God? The Holy Spirit has power. And he has the power to create. Well, you, you can't even think of anything better than, remember, Mary, the angel said, she says, the angel said, you're going to have a baby. And Mary says, but I don't know a man. How am I going to have a baby? And the Holy Spirit says, well, the power of the highest will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the baby that is born in you will be formed by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so powerful, he's able to create the baby in Mary. But you think that maybe that's only Mary. I want to take you to a passage scripture. So turn get your Bibles with me now. Let's go to Psalm 104. I need you to see this. Psalm 104. I like, I like when the Bible speaks for itself. You need to have the word that guides us. That man's idea. But well, the word of God speaks to us in Psalm. And uh, I'm, I'm going to see where I'm going to start. Uh, probably, uh, I don't want to take the whole time. So I'll start low down to verse, um, let's start at verse uh, 15. The, hill, the high hills are for the wild goats. So you wonder why God has those hills? It is for the wild goats. The cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers. What the Bible is trying to show us is that God has provided for everything. He appointed the moon for seasons. You know that the almanac, you remember remember the almanac? You used to have the almanac, young people don't have a clue what I'm talking about, you know, because they're they're born with these uh, digital stuff. Well, there used to be a Print thing that they print with your calendar for the year and it always and it still is decided on whether it's full moon or new moon or half moon or you know all of these different things and so the Bible says that he appointed the moon for seasons the sun brings knows it's going down you make darkness and it is night in all in which all the beasts of the forest creep about so you know at night time you don't want to go around in the forest areas you know Animals are out. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from whom? From God. When the sun rises, they gather together and lie down in their dens. So once the sun rises, the lions go back to their den and they rest a day. and you know, They sleep a day and work at nights. And then it says, when the day comes and the sunrise, man goes out to work. Hello? That's where you're headed tomorrow morning. And to his labor until the evening. O Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of all your what? Possessions. This great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming things. Living things both small and great. There the ships sail about. There is the Leviathan which you have made to play there. These all wait for you that you may give them their food in due season. What you give them, they gather in. You open your hand and they are filled with good. You hide your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to their their dust. Here is the verse. You send them your spirit and what happened to them? They are created. Did you know that the Holy Spirit was involved in your creation? The Holy Spirit was involved in your creation. He just talked about oh, he just talked about animals and, and, and living creatures in, this, in the ocean, and he talked about men, and he says, "All these." another verse says, "All your creatures, the spirit, were created by the Spirit of God. You were involved in your creation, in your mother's womb. The Holy Spirit was involved. That's why you are wired a certain way. You are wired a certain way. Some people are very quiet. And you want to get them to talk and you want to, he he doesn't say a thing. How can somebody sit there for so many hours and don't open their mouth? And then some people, and they can't stop. We're wired differently. And all are necessary, by the way. You need a quiet one and you need a talking one. But there's a time when you need a talk to the person. A quiet person is going to have a hard time representing you in court. Can I tell you that? I mean, that's not going to be so easy. If they don't want to talk and they go to court, well, your honor, well, your honor, um, your honor, ain't going to work. You, you don't want an attorney. <laughs> the other defense attorney is laughing and says, oh gosh, this one is easy. I can, I can write my check already. <laughs> oh no, you need both. He need a person who says, your honor, let me explain to you. Section 564 of the code says this. And in the case of Brown versus June here in 1654, here is what it says. And judging that case, your honor, you know, he's able to cite all the stuff. Amen. And to give him the background from where he's coming from. And, and, and a rule of law that he's using and all those different things. And he's able to explain to you. You need somebody who can talk about that. Amen. So you need both persons. But the Holy Spirit was involved in your creation. That's what I'm trying to say to you. So the Holy Spirit is at work around us. And then the next thing the Holy Spirit is involved with is, is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here's what the Bible says. In 1 Peter 3.18, Christ died for sins once and for all. The righteous for the unrighteous. To bring you to God. He has put to death in the body. He was put to death in the body. But made alive by the spirit. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Now, this is why I'm not going to finish. I can see I'm not going to finish the message. I have to come down. Because I needed to get the crux of the matter. And the 8 o'clock didn't get this. Because this came to me at the end of the message as I was wrapping up for them. The Holy Spirit showed me something. So here's what I'm trying to say to you this morning. We realize that the Holy Spirit... so, so, So let's go back to this. How many people would love if Jesus could just walk right in here now? So you could just touch the hem of his garment. Because if you could just touch the hem of his garment you would be made whole. But you know something? You know that not everybody would be made whole? Because you would only be made whole if you believe. You know, a lot of people think it's just the touching him that makes a difference. Oh no. I've got to believe that when I touch him, I am made whole. Because you remember the woman with the issue of blood. He was going about his business to go to the ruler's house to heal the ruler's house. The ruler person had died, the person in the ruler's house had died. And he was going, and the crowd was among him. And he stopped and said, Who touched me? And the disciples said to him, Come on, Jesus. What do you mean who touched you? There's a lot of people bouncing up on you in the crowd. What do you mean? He says, something, someone, someone touch me. There's a different touch, you see. It's not just, it's not just brushing on Jesus. It, it, there's a special touch. And, and that's why some people are not getting what they're supposed to get. Because they're touching Jesus, but they're not touching him as they should touch him. They're just touching him. They're just bouncing on him, but they're not really touching him the way. He's not turning around and saying, who touched me? You want to be able for him to say, who touched me? And so the woman came trembling knowing because the Bible told us why. Because the Bible said, she said, she said to herself, if I could just but touch him, I know. I shall be healed. Glory to God, somebody. (laughs) Hallelujah. She said that. And so she already knew what the result was going to be before she got there. And she pressed through the crowd and pushed her way and made her way through the crowd and pushing. And everybody says, what's wrong with this woman? And she says, I know where I'm going. What's wrong with the woman? And she says, I don't care what you say. I'm pushing through to Jesus. Is there somebody pushing through to Jesus this morning? Because you got to touch him. It's not just a regular touch. You've got to touch him with a passion. You've got to touch him with a desire. You've got to touch him with a knowledge and understanding. When I touch him. I shall be made whole. She wasn't. She had no doubt about it. And so when she touched him. Power left. Jesus. Faith always draws the power of God. You want to activate the power of the Holy Spirit that is in you? You need the faith to believe God. You need to begin to believe in the Word of God. You need to believe what the Word of God says, and when you says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me, you believe it. When you say, I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me, you believe it. When you say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you believe it. When you say, my God shall supply all my needs according to riches and glory, you believe it. When you say, I shall live and not die, you believe it. When you say, by his stripes, I am healed. You believe it. You've got to believe it. Just touching him without believing is not going to activate the power. You have power already in you. So let's come back to the verse. That I gave you the beginning Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Stop there. What does that leave out from your problem today? Which of your situation that you face that has been left out in that what we just said? Anybody has something left out? Is everything that you have in there? Is all the changes you want in your life in there? Is all the circumstances you want us to turn around in there? What can I tell you? Well, let's finish the verse. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all he ask or think. Listen to how that happens. Listen to how it happens. How does that happen? According to. According to. According to the power of this is the key, that is at work in us. So what happens if the power is not at work? So if nothing is happening, what is happening? Power ain't working. Hello? If they Power. There's a difference when the power's at work. If the power is working, something is going to happen. If the power is not working, nothing is going to happen. You need the power to be at work. And so a lot of people are still crying to God and calling on God and doing other stuff and, and nothing is happening because the power in you is not at work. You are work waiting for God to do something that he's already ordained for you to do. He says, he's up there saying, activate my power, activate my power, turn the power on, turn the power on, turn the power on. Have you ever gone to somewhere and you said something is not working and you're checking and you're wondering and somebody said, is it plugged in? Basic elementary, and when you check, the thing was not plugged in. You put the thing in the in the in the oven. You ever do that in a little oven? You put the thing in the oven and you turn the knob and everything, and you walk away. You come back half an hour think your thing is ready. When you look, you say, "Wait, what happened to this oven?" You check; it was not plugged in. You got to plug into the power. You got to activate the power. And the only thing that can activate the power of God is faith. Hello? I don't care how many hallelujahs you shout. I don't care how big, how long you dance. I don't care if you leap over seven benches. I don't care if you run around this place ten times. If you don't have faith, all of that running is just exercise. (laughs) Oh, gosh. You need to believe. But here's the problem why we're not believing. What is wrong why we don't have the faith? The Bible gives the answer. Because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Now here's the big thing. Sunday morning sermon can't help you alone it's not enough to give you the faith level when the storm comes. When the storm of life comes and you have no real faith and the bones are, and your your spiritual life is dry. And a little wind comes like, you know, sometimes it's not hurricane time, but it's just a strong wind and you go outside and look outside of your yard and you see a lot of things fall out, all the dead things fall out of the tree because a little storm comes, a little storm, and not even a hurricane comes, just a little wind comes, strong wind comes, blow off everything because it is dry up and dead. If you're dead spiritually, then when the storms of life come, you're not going to survive. So you know what happened to some people when that happen? They get mad. And they say, this Christian thing don't work. And they blame God instead of finding the problem. The problem was in them. Instead of recognizing, you know what, I'm the problem. No, no, it's God. You know, this thing don't work because I believe him. I thought he would have done it. He's supposed to help me. I'm supposed to be a child of God. Well, that's not going to help you either. We've got to have the word in us to have faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You cannot live off somebody's sermon and be strong spiritually. A Sunday morning sermon is not enough to keep you strong. You've got to get into the word for yourself. You've got to read that word. That word has got to get into you. And when that word gets into you, my friend, when you sit around the word of God and you let the Holy Spirit begin to speak to you, he opens your heart and you see your weakness. You see your faults. You see how far short you are. You begin to weep. Because you realize you said, God, I'm nowhere where I'm supposed to be. Well, I'm going to have to preach this message to you again because I haven't touched the other part of this message yet. And the first service got everything. But God had a different message for you. And so, we need to understand it's the Word. It's the Bible, Jesus says, my words are spirit and they are life. The verse that you always hear me quote before I preach, his words, there is, it's life unto those that find it and medicine unto all flesh. That's come from Proverbs 4, 22, 23. It's it's life. The word is the life. But Notice what the Bible says. It's only to those who what? Find it. It's not just something you just automatic. you've got to find it for yourself. To those who find it, you have got to look for it yourself. It's not just something, somebody pumping you. I don't care how many Holy Ghost places you go to. I don't care how many services you run to. If you don't sit down and get the word of God in you for yourself, it's not going to make a difference. You need the word personally. So I was sitting yesterday on the patio as I was pondering the message and thinking and praying and asked the Holy Spirit. And he gave me something that he reminded me in the first service. I had forgotten about it. I was saying something and the Holy Spirit said, hey, you remember what I told you? Because that's another thing about the Holy Spirit. He will remind you of things. He will teach you all truths. Do you know that as a child of God if we really allow the Holy Spirit to be working in our lives, we wouldn't make these bad investments. When We, we, we wouldn't make the, I, I talked to some pastors who got involved in this Ponzi scheme. They put their entire retirement after 70 years of living, put the entire retirement fund into the Ponzi scheme. And in three months, boom, Thousands of maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars gone. I can assure you one thing they never asked the Holy Spirit and listened to what he said. Because the Holy Spirit would have given them a check. And if they did ask the Holy Spirit, maybe they did. Come on, let me back up. I'm sorry. Shouldn't have said that. I apologize. Because some people ask the Holy Spirit and he tells them, but the flesh, greed kicks in. You mean I can put 5,000 in and in two months I get 30,000? Oh, put, put, put. You put five, you put five, you put five, 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 five. five, five, five. Come, let's put 50,000 in there. And in two months, what should have turned into a thousands, thousands of dollars, Turned into, pshhh. because when the Holy Spirit give you a check, and you overwrite, because you know, He just simply says, "Don't do it." He doesn't speak again. You know. He 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 doesn't speak again. You go to take the money to the place and your spirit not right. You don't feel comfortable to say, but I don't see anything wrong. So-and-so got money. This one, put money in there and get it. And we reason with the Holy Spirit and we tell him what he doesn't know. <laughs> we, are, we are famous for doing that. Telling God what He forgets and what He doesn't know, we remind Him. But God, I think you forget about that 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 person. God, oh, we're good at doing that. And once we override what the Spirit says, oh, hmm. the Holy Spirit dropped something in my spirit. Marriage. Oh boy. Everybody's going to say, Pastor, quit now. Quit, 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 quit. 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 The Holy Spirit trouble you and say, I don't think so. And you say, but he's cute. And she's nice. And she can cook. <laughs> Holy Spirit, she cook good, you know. And, and we, we give the Holy Spirit all the reasons that he doesn't know. And he's trying to stop us and trying to tell us something. And we push past. And we do it. Like one wedding that I performed. You know, people can lie to you in counseling, and you know they but you know, if somebody comes to me and they have the data ready and they have their thing set and the, the thing is out and everything is planned and the place is booked and the, everybody's, there's not much I can do, you know. Counseling at that point is out of, you know what I mean? Because I'm trying to salvage what has already gone bad. So we had this, and this was a very fancy wedding first time I've ever been to a country club wedding where you have a menu. You get a wedding with 100 people and you have a menu to pick from, they're going to cook it fresh when you pick what you pick. Money. When we, were in the, when we were in the cocktail era, I thought the cocktail was the main course. There were so many stuff in the cocktail and such wonderful stuff. I mean, I mean, everything you can think of. That I thought this was the main course. And then they said, Oh, we're going to dine. And they opened up. And you see a palatial place with setting and stuff, and the menu and stuff. I mean, I mean I've never, you know, it's just amazing. And the marriage lasted two months. Because the day she was going down the aisle, she knew. She told me afterwards. She had been getting the no signal from the spirit, but I've been pushing past because they've mailed out everything, they've done everything already. So right now, you know, I don't want to turn back, I don't want to crash everything. So they're pushing past it. And of course, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars gone to waste. All for naught. So the question is this morning what are you going to do if you want your situation change you need to remember it's in your hands right now it's according to the power that is at work in you and you have to work the power. It's not God coming down and doing it for you. He has already made the provision for things to occur for every he's done. the Bible says he's given us every spiritual blessing and ever. He's done everything he can do. it's now up to you and I. so coming to the altar a million times, and asking God to do what you need to do is not going to change the situation why so many people are still not getting what they want because they will not activate the power. And some people cannot activate the power because they have no faith and they have no faith because they have not been reading the word and the word of God is not in them. And if the word is not in you to give you the faith, you don't have any faith to activate any power. You can't turn on the power. And if you can't turn on the power, you can't receive what is exceedingly abundantly abundant. All you ask or think, so you've got to get back to the word. Hence, it takes me back as I close where we're going. So, I challenged the first service, which I'm asking you do the same thing. I said to them, If you eat as often as you read the Bible. What would you look like physically? <laughs> so the challenge for the living word is for the month of July. God gave me this. For the month of July, he gave me, the, he gave me this. For the month of July, we are going to read the book of Proverbs. There are 31 chapters and 31 days. Day one, chapter one. Day two, chapter two. Day three, chapter three. But here is a big caveat no reading, no eating. So you don't, you can't eat until you read. So if you wake up and rush out to work and you never get to having a breakfast. You can't have no breakfast. You have to wait till lunchtime. Then you read chapter one and then you can eat. Hello? No reading, no eating. You get the word first, then you eat. So if you want to eat in the morning, you, you, you get your word out first. You read your chapter, then you can eat. But we want to be able to see what's the difference that's going to happen when you get the word in you for 31 days straight. You're in the Bible for 31 days straight reading the passage of scripture. Not just one or two verses but a passage, the whole chapter for 31 days when you're reading it and see what happens in your life because I'm telling you the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and the way to activate the power that's in you because the Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and 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 me. same power. And we can't see any results. Then the power is certainly not being activated because God is not a liar. So we've got to activate the power. And in Living Word, we're going to start activating that power. So we can say deliverances. So we can see him doing exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Bow your heads with me. Father, we thank you. We're going to dedicate babies. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us today. Lord, thank you that you care about us enough to send this word to us we needed it God we needed it and so today we will begin to activate the power because our faith will increase as we get into the word daily we thank you for what the changes that are coming to live in word we thank you the revolutionary processes that will take place. Transforming things that will occur. Because we get into your word. And your word gets into us. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. I'm going to ask those with the baby. We have two dedications. Talia Alexandra Layton Nelson. Wow, what a famous name. That's a long name. Talia Alexandria Lawton, sorry Lawton Nelson. Shelly is coming, mother. Tamara Nelson is also coming. And then we have Eliana Mia Garnett. Wow. Carolyn Fenton and Orlando Garnett, and we have godmothers and godfathers and other relatives coming up. And as you come, I want to read a pastor scripture for you. Pastor scripture taken from the Gospel of Mark, where Jesus was describing what we are about to do. Let me begin to read for you. It says, then they brought little children to him. Just stand right here in the front. Bring both of you. Bring both babies. One on one side. One on the other side. Can you help me with that, please? Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly I say to you whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it and here's what Jesus did and he took them up in his arms laid his hands on them and blessed them in living word we do the same thing we're going to take the baby in our hands do what Jesus did he Put his hands on them and bless them. But before we do that, we always pray for the parents and godparents and all of those that are involved in raising the children because you're going to be a part of it. But I always like to know who are the godparents. Who are they over here? Okay. So that means, godparents means that if they fail to raise her in a godly manner, It's your responsibility to hold them accountable. That's how you feel as God parents. And over here, where are the God parents? Okay. So you know what I just said over there. That's your responsibility. If they fail to do that. All right. So let's pray for you. The families first, because in this world that we live in today, you're going to need all the wisdom you can get and all the guidance to raise these children Because of what is out there. The world has changed. And is changing. The culture is different. And you need wisdom from God. Talk about needing the Holy Spirit guidance. Yes, you're going to do. You're going to need that. So let's pray for you first. Oh, Father and our God, we thank you for these families that recognize the power of your blessing on the lives of their children. And they have come with families standing together in unity and harmony to support and to be there. We pray for all those that will be involved in raising these children. We pray, Father God, that your hand will be upon them. That you would indeed order their steps and direct their path. We pray, God, that they would hear from you. They'd be led by you and guided by you. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would minister to them provide for them that they'll be able to provide adequately for these children. And most of all, may they draw close to you so they can teach these children and raise them in a godly way. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to start with the over here, we'll start over here. Talia, Alexandra, Lawton, Nelson. A pretty dress. Alright. So let's pray for her. You like my mic? If you're gonna be a preacher, that's okay. Our singer? Alright, let you hold it. Okay. Let's, let's hold it together. Father, we thank you for Talia. You formed her and fashioned her. No child is an accident, but thereby design. We talked about that your spirit was involved in her birth, in her creation. And so, Lord, you have sent her here on earth on a mission. She's on a mission. There's a purpose for her coming. And, Lord, I ask you that from the day one, you'll begin to order her steps and direct her path. Oh, that the Lord would bless you indeed and enlarge your territory. That his hand would be with you. That he would keep you from evil. And may you never cause pain. Lord, I pray that your hand of protection, provision would be for her. We pray, Lord, that the purpose of which you created her and formed her, that she would fulfill your purpose in her life. That no matter where she goes or what she does, she would be involved in your purpose. So, Lord, bless her from this day. We anoint her with oil and dedicate her in the name of the Father, the Son, the Son. Holy Spirit be blessed of God. Amen. This is Elena, Mia Garnet, Garnett. Father, we thank you for Elena. She's your child. You love her. You formed her. You fashioned her. And you sent her on a mission. She's by design and by purpose. And Lord, we ask you that all the days of her life, May she fulfill your purpose for her. That when she stands before you one day, she will be able to hear you say, well done, though good and faithful servant. Oh, that the Lord would bless you indeed and enlarge the church. His hand would be with you. That it would keep you from evil. And may you never cause pain. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing right now for her. May you order her steps. May your hand of protection and covering be upon her. Her going out and her coming in. May you provide for her and supply her every need. We commend her to you and we anoint her with oil. As we dedicate her in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hand as they go down, bless, bless, praise God. The rest of us that stand together, hallelujah! <laughs> bless grandpa, eh? All right, praise God. This evening, we have the meet and greet for those members who have been received since January of last year till now. We want to uh, invite you to be a special meet and greet this evening. As you heard, we're going to be meeting right here in those double doors. That's where the room inside there is where we'll meet. And uh, we come together at 630, get an opportunity to know more about Open Bible as a denomination and us as a church. And uh, get to meet some of the leaders and get to uh, ask questions and know more about who we are. We're going to ask God's blessing on you. For those of you that are first time guests, we do have a hospitality suite and uh, one of the beautiful ladies back there will escort you to the hospitality suite. Sister Ivonne, in that yellow, you'll be able to recognize a yellow shawl. A yellow shawl. I've got to say it right. Um, is, is the one that will escort you to our hospitality suite. They're just going to refresh you before you go. They're not holding you hostage. And... Uh, You can go whenever you're ready. All right. As I pronounce the benediction, you can raise your hands. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen.